welcome back to the Ireland-Canada Connection, a podcast series exploring the deep cultural, political and business relationship between Ireland and Canada. And this series is brought to you by the Ireland-Canada Business Association. I'm Patrick Hawhey and throughout this series I am meeting leaders in business, culture and public affairs from both nations. We're trying to get to the heart of what makes this relationship tick and I'm getting their insights and advice about how to succeed in business in both nations. Now, so far in this series, we've met a few Canadian companies who have established operations in Ireland and heard all about their experience. But on this episode, I meet the founder of an Irish company that decided to open up an office in Canada. Joe O'Hearn established the Leading Edge Group in 1995 in Cove, County Cork. And in 2009, he decided it was time to internationalize. And he chose Toronto in Canada as the first location outside of Ireland. Joe tells me all about the experience from the early days right up until today. And he also has some great advice for any Irish companies considering a similar move. He starts our conversation by telling me a bit about Leading Edge Group. Well, basically, Patrick, we're, we're, a, we're a management consulting firm. And we specialise in, in streamlining and in optimising business processes. And, and I suppose oh. making, making businesses more efficient. Okay, very good. And so was, was Canada the first place that you decided to open up outside of the geography of Ireland? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I suppose there was, a, there was a reason for that. And that 1995, when we established, uh, a lot of the big multinationals had already, had already established themselves well in Ireland. And we got in at the right place at the right time. And we got involved in streamlining a lot of the supply chain processes at the time in the big, big uh, technology, prim- predominantly technology companies. But I suppose there was a number of events happened uh, before we entered into a, an export market like Canada. And basically there was a, there was a dot-com bust, uh, and then there was the oil crisis, um, and, and then there was a lot of movement of, of companies um, into Eastern Europe, you'll remember at the time, yes. and, and, and into the Far East indeed. So a lot of those had a significant impact on our business. And I suppose it was during that time, around 2008, that I was speaking to Enterprise Ireland, to uh, one of my colleagues in Enterprise Ireland. And uh, I suppose at that stage, I said, I, w- I, w- I didn't want to be caught again um, to rely solely on, on, on the domestic market. And that's when I, I, went, on a, I went on a tour. <laughs> I went to the UK, I went, I went to Canada, I went to America. And indeed, I went as far as Australia um, to talk to a number on, on, a, on a kind of a, on a, on a, on a visit uh, supported by Enterprise Ireland uh, uh, to talk to, I suppose, uh, potential partners and collaborators in those countries to see if we could uh, sell some of our products and services um, um, into, into those uh, countries. And, and that's, that's when Canada came on the radar. And that's when we made a decision in 2009 to enter the market. So what was it about Canada that trumped Australia, the UK and, some, and the USA and some of the other countries that you, um, uh, you, you went to see and research? I suppose it is, there's, 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 there's definitely a similarity of cultures between, between Canada and Ireland. Uh, but the predominant reason was very much we, we got immediate interest. And it was just at that time uh, the province was funding a programme called EDPIP, it was called the Emergency Department Process Improvement Programme. And uh, they brought over a lot of uh, NHS consultants, at the, management consultants at the time, uh, to work on this programme um, uh, across Ontario. 
and and one of the gaps that they had was training in the area of uh, for healthcare around what we call lean uh, and process improvement and that's when we started getting inquiries through our website so you so that was back in 2009 so how long did the actual process take and and what were the kind of first steps that you had to 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 make well, the first, the very first step was we, we, we appointed a reseller in the market. It was a Canadian marketing portal site for educational products. So, so we started with automated learning, they were called, uh, and we started with them for, for about eight or nine months. Uh, but then, then we started getting all these calls and, and, and it was obvious uh, very quickly uh, that there was quite a significant market for our, uh, as I say, what I call the, our lean healthcare programs. Um, in the Ontario province. And as a result of that, we made a decision, um, Christmas actually, 2008, uh, to take our operations manager at the time, John, um, uh, and, 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 and actually Enterprise Ireland gave us a, a hot desk facility in downtown Toronto. And, and that's how we started. We started with, with transferring John over into Canada um, and we appointed a, a mentor, a local mentor, uh, who helped John for the first six months. Uh, but we remember we already had lots of inquiries and, and, and very, very quickly we moved into a very strong sales uh, growth pattern. And that is that the, 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 one of the first steps that most companies will make when entering a new geography is to take somebody from the, the, the home office, the HQ in Ireland, and transplant them into the, the new country? Yeah, I think it's very important because, you know, like John knew, knew the business, he knew the company, he knew our company well, he knew the values uh, that we shared and, and, and the whole ethos of how we manage both our people and customers. So it was a huge advantage to take somebody with that, with that knowledge uh, and that experience. Um, you know, companies do use, you know, a, a source externally uh, f- from their own business to 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 become business development managers. But obviously we had a head start in, in that we had someone that really uh, that really was just an extension of our own business in Ireland. Very, very important. And then did you, uh, when did it move on to the next step then in Canada? Did you go quickly move beyond the hot desk into your own space and start adding people? Yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah. We, we moved we, we moved to uh, Young and Bloor and, and we're now in, uh, we're just off uh, Young and St. Clair. So we have our own office. We have six, we have six staff, and uh, we we have over twenty consultants uh, working with us. So it's been it's been very successful. It's been hugely successful. Uh, what also I think was in comparison, to if uh, if I may say so, say in relation to when we looked at the Australian market, uh, Canada it was very very business friendly. Um, the the long the longest part of that of the initiation and commencement of our operations there was predominantly to do with from, from a point of view of banking. Um, but when, once, we, once we got the banking and we, we, got, our, we, got, we got our facilities sorted, uh, you know, we were able to, we were able to work with, uh, with, with Canadian organisations very, very quickly. And then it, it, we do hear a lot, the, the sort of the, the cultural similarities and all that, but let's, take, let's go, get back to John. So John, who moves from his, uh, the, off, the HQ in Cork to um, a whole new place in Ontario, Canada, 
Is that an easier transition for John um, in terms of making the move and adapting and assimilating into the local culture? Is it an easier move to to Canada than it might be to somewhere else like, uh, you know, Australia, for example, you mentioned, or even the USA? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I I mean, absolutely. And but remember, we did we did use a a mentor. He's actually an Irish mentor, uh, Bill German. And, and Bill had actually done some work for Enterprise Ireland in the past in Canada. So we used Bill as a mentor initially. And again, that was, you know, he's, he's from he's from West Cork, where John is from uh, originally. So so I think that was important as well to provide that support initially, you know, for the first six months of operations. What what would you say was an early mistake that you made that you would advise others against doing? I, I think we could have resourced it more. I mean, we 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 had the profile. We had to, we had visibility. Uh, we had a very strong pipeline, and I suppose we were a little bit reticent. Um, and you know, if I started again with, with with that type of intro, and that type that type of scenario, I suppose we would have invested much quicker, and we would have actually moved into our own offices and and grown the business faster. Uh, I think that that was that was probably the main when you look back on what one would have done differently. But outside of that, I, I, I mean, the, the business, as I said, year on year has grown 7 8% per annum, has continued to grow. Um, and, and I think that's an, an, that's an, incredible. Another, another big strength, Patrick, was that, that uh, our model really is to try to build partnerships and collaborations um, with organizations within the host country. And we did that very successfully with, with, with a lot of the healthcare organizations in, 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 uh, in, in Canada. So very, very quickly, we were able to build a very large contact and client base through uh, these membership uh, associations. And that gave us great leverage. And of course, like yeah, I, I guess associations like the Ireland Canada Business Association and also uh, local chambers, chambers of commerce, that kind of thing. Yes, absolutely. Now, there are, at the time, you had the Ontario um, uh, Hospital Association, you, you had the Canadian Healthcare Associations, and all those, you had the logistics, National Logistics Associations, and, and all those we collaborated with, and they started promoting and selling our products, which was a huge plus. So... And and you've grown, as you say, you've grown from strength to strength and you're very much a part of the, the Canadian landscape now, um, which is brilliant. But this wasn't your first foray into a, a new culture, your your own background. You, you've kind of got a lot of experience around um, the UK market, but also a very different culture, such as Saudi Arabia. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. And in, in, in 1994, um, I had it I had it to, to, to read in Saudi Arabia as part of the Mastock group. Uh, which was which was was very very interesting. Obviously, a significantly different culture than 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 the Western world, and uh, but one had to adapt. And um, I I loved the uh, I I you know I I fell in love with the the, the Middle East. I must admit, and ever since uh, we've continued to do work in the Middle East. So it's it's uh, I think it opened one one's mind. And when I came back and set up Leading Edge Group. Uh, it definitely helped from from uh, from a thinking and from from how I could grow the business. Um, you know, we we would have similar, you know, there are similar cultural issues say in in Montreal, Quebec, and whatever in Canada. Um, uh, obviously, quite different than say downtown Toronto. 
Uh, but again, they're different cultures. But again, um, you know, you know, I think you need to you need to take obviously be very careful and take those into account from the point of view of marketing and promotions of our products and solutions. But are there fundamentals then? Because obviously what you do, you're very much about the people and I'm sure there's a huge amount of psychology to what you do and everything like that. So from your perspective, even though each culture needs to be treated differently and sort of, you know, you need to adapt differently to each culture, are, is, there a, is there a sort of a playbook? Are there fundamentals of business um, and relationship building that transcend cultural uh, mores, so to speak? I, I I think it's 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 the appreciation and a lot a lot of companies don't get get that deep understanding and appreciation of of the of the different cultures and they try to do the same they try to come up with a kind of a, a the same playbook uh, regardless of what export market that they're looking at which is obviously a a critical mistake, um, and I think what we also did in certain countries that we're in and, and even provinces within Canada and Australia, you know we we've we've invested in what we call voice of the customer uh, analysis and, and voice of the customer analysis is whereby we get an outside agency to to uh, to survey uh, some local companies and organizations uh, explaining to them that we're coming into the market and um, i suppose we got uh, the findings from those gave us a lot of advice on how specifically that we were going to um you know segregate that, that particular market what we were going to target, how we were going to promote, and most importantly, getting the right messaging and the right communications. That's very interesting. So, and I'm interested in what 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 showed up in your research around Canada, maybe that people might not expect. Or are there any are there any things that you know anyone listening who might like to enter the Canadian market? Was there anything that surprised you in that research, or something that you would tell listeners? You got to watch out for that and adapt to that because you may not be expecting it, or you may not be aware of it. Partly, they'd be mostly positive. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, they'd be mostly positive. I, I, I think they regard a little bit different from, say, the US. The Canadians regard Ireland as European, while the Americans regard Ireland as coming from, you know, the home country from Ireland and, and, and all the positives and negatives maybe that that might entail. Um, but as I said, the Canadians immediately saw us as an advantage in saying that we were an international company, we were a European um, uh, company, and that definitely held a huge sway in the Canadian market. Huge sway in the Canadian market. So, so promoting and actively promoting our, our international experience, our experience in Ireland and across Europe, I would have said gave us a distinct advantage. And then in terms of forming relationships, which obviously are at the heart of so much of business, uh, are there any differences that you would remark on when it comes to forming business relationships with uh, Canadians versus what it's like when you're in Ireland? Well, I suppose, I suppose no, again, again, we're now talking about obviously pre-COVID-19. Um, in Canada, very much like Ireland, you've got to build, you've got to build a, a business relationship. You've got to meet the people face to face. And uh, again, that was very, very important for them to get to know us and us to, uh, to get to know them. So we found a huge amount of similarities there between the, between, between the, the, the two cultures, to be perfectly honest. Um, so so that, was, that was interesting. 
So advice, before we move on to the last part, advice to uh, anyone thinking of moving into the market. Uh, what I'm getting so far is do your research, really work out the kind of market that you're going into. So in this case, Canada, obviously. But once you're there, read the signs in terms of how quickly you can grow this thing. And if, and if the signs are there and the indicators that this thing could really take off, then resource it accordingly. Absolutely. And, and talk to Enterprise Ireland. And not only talk to Enterprise Ireland, uh, talk to, talk to uh, the, the companies like us uh, and other organisations that have taken a similar path uh, and moved into the market. It is, a, it is a market that one can move very, very quickly into and gain traction very, very quickly. Um, and I suppose it's, it's, a, it's extraordinary here in, that in, in our Canadian business is that over 75% of our clients have been with us for the last eight to nine years. So there's a longevity in, in, in relation to long-term relationships. That's good. So there, it's a loyal customer base. Very loyal. Your, very, very yeah. loyal. Yeah, that's very interesting. So you have, let's move to, let's move to today where you have well-established operations in both countries. COVID-19 hits. Obviously, every country approaches it differently with some similarities. How have you found the the how have you found the the experience of having operations in both countries in terms of how COVID nineteen has been reacted to by each country? Yeah, that's an interesting question. I I, I think um, Canada. What we discovered, Ca- Canada already had that experience uh, with SARS back in two thousand and three, two thousand and four. Uh, as a result, as a result of SARS. Um, the the province and indeed the, the federal government already had developed a pandemic response plan uh, and a team to manage that plan. So once, once COVID-19 happened, there was definitely a different level of preparedness between Ireland, which was the first time, first time really we experienced anything like this, um, and our friends in Canada. So... Uh, I would have said that, that, that professionals in Canada were, were better conditioned to deal with COVID-19. Um, and they had a, obviously a different mindset, a more mature mindset to the consequences and the challenges of COVID-19. And to a certain extent, work went on. So in Ireland, obviously, it was something new and it was something that I took. So, for example, our business in Ireland, um, it's very much a U-shaped you know, when we look at our recovery, it'll be very much a U-shaped in that, you know, we got, we got an instant hit. Um, you know, we, dro- we dropped off a cliff, basically. And, and it's been slow and gradual. But now we're, now we're beginning to see, see, see the recovery very much in place. While in Canada, it was more of a V-curve in that, you know, um, there, was a, there was an initial, a very short spike of three to four weeks. But then very, very quickly, um, you know, people looked at alternatives. We do a lot of training. So immediately people went from requesting, say, classroom training to online training or to e-learning, which we also offer. So that was very, that was very, so, so it's quite, quite distinct. And thankfully, you know, which was, which was, you know, created subsequently a lot of opportunities for us in that we've pivoted the Canadian business and, and we've developed a, a new kind of instructor-led business uh, delivering training live as, as distinct from uh, e-learning. So all told, um, we, we've been able to pivot the Canadian business and recover very, very quickly. 
And again, what you'd hope is if there was a second wave in Ireland, maybe we'd see more of a V than a U because we have gone through the experience of of the the first the first wave, so to speak. Exactly. Well, and I must also I, I just one one point, Patrick, is that there was very much strong alignment. What I what I saw in Canada between say the between the federal and provincial and municipal leadership. So I think especially when I'm thinking of, uh, of our own province in, uh, in Ontario and Toronto, you know, the, the, the relationships between Doug Ford and John Tory and, uh, uh, and, and the PM, um, you know, was very much aligned and, and, and really helped. And um, yeah, and, and it's, helped, it's, it's helped us retain, our, uh, re- retain most of our customers, which is good. Well, of course, you're in the business of business transformation, and uh, I doubt there's too many company owners, company leaders right now who are not thinking about some form of business transformation, be it, be it a complete pivot or the way their people work or they're just they're, they're serv- tweaking their service offering. So you must be having interesting conversations with people right now in terms of um, helping them move on to the, the next stage of their of their offering. Very, very interesting. I mean, you're talking about here, you're talking about new supply chain models and less reliance on single suppliers coming predominantly from China. Uh, so a lot of companies re-looking at streamlining their supply chains um, uh, and, their, and their sourcing of products. Uh, they're also looking at, uh, because of the, of the social distancing and so on and restrictions, they're looking at, um, at re- redesigning their factories and their layouts and their uh, how they're going to manage and support people. Um, and equally, uh, some companies have been hit harder than others and, and they're looking at, at continuing to maybe streamline their business processes um, even more urgently. Now, I, but I would say that that, that actually will happen, um, I would imagine, from September onwards. And again, it depends on, on what happens uh, with the recovery and, and whether there is a second wave. But but we definitely see a big pipeline um, from September onwards for our business. And just in terms of finally, Joe, in terms of advice for those companies, just like obviously every company is going to have its own very specific set of changes and everything like that. But are there fundamentals around just the mind frame about change? You know, not everyone likes change. Uh, You know, a lot of people would have had their business plans laid out for years and years ahead. And now that's changed. So from a psychological perspective, a mindset perspective, would you have any advice for people in terms of just how to position yourself for that next stage? Yeah, I, I, I think there's been a major behavioural shift as a result of COVID-19 um, uh, from, the, from the point of view of communications and, 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 the point, and from the point of view of remote working and so on. So that, that's had a significant impact on, on, on the mindsets of people. So, so I, believe, I, I believe that will help from, from a change perspective. Um, and, and I also think that, um, I also think that the uh, requirement... And what we're seeing now is that a lot of companies want to um, want us to look at doing a benchmarking study and, uh, you know, kind of a maturity assessment on their entire business again and to involve all their people in that assessment so that they get a uniform view on what the next steps are. So we're doing quite a lot of, of these maturity assessments at the moment for companies. But the key there is, you're right, is to involve, um, involve all the people within the business um, in those assessments and to get a clear and, and uniform view on what's needed next, rather than jumping into a, a particular transformation program without the support of their staff and managers. 
but it sounds like you have a very busy few months and years ahead, not just in Ireland, but in Canada as well. And and finally, I guess anyone listening who runs an Irish business who's looking for new territories, you, I'm sure you. it sounds like you would quite happily advise them to check out the Canadian market, talk to Enterprise Ireland and do some research and, and put it on the list of, of potential uh, destinations. Absolutely. Without, without a shadow of a doubt, Patrick. Joe O'Hearn, founder and CEO at Leading Edge Group. Thank you so much for joining us here in the Ireland-Canada Connection today. Thank you. And that's all we have time for on this episode of the Ireland-Canada Connection. Thank you so much to my guest, Joe O'Hearn of Leading Edge Group. And thank you for listening. The mission of the Ireland-Canada Business Association is to connect, to communicate and to influence Irish-Canadian stakeholders on behalf of its membership, which has now grown to over 100 companies. To find out more about the ICBA and how it can help you, just check out irelandcanada.com. And until the next episode of the Ireland-Canada Connection, take care.